that's forty low. Hello and welcome to the Forty Below sessions for Forty Below Volume Two, Alberta's Winter Anthology. And today we talk with Kim Mannix. And before we get to that, I have to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by Ice Melt. Ice Melt. It's those little blue crystals that you shake onto the driveway where it's icy so you don't slip and fall and hurt yourself. Make sure to get the kind that is friendly to the environment and to pets, especially dogs and cats. That's Ice Melt. Get some today. So Kim Mannix is a writer. She's from, right now she lives in I think Sherwood Park, Alberta. And she's been uh, through some prairie winters, some Saskatchewan winters, and also some winters out in the Maritimes. So we kind of start uh, talking about things, uh, all the different kinds of winters that she's experienced. So she's been around winter in Canada, winter in Alberta especially. So let's go to my talk right now with Kim Mannix. So last time I saw you was at the library. There was the event for the writers and residents leaving. They yes. were kicking us out. You were losing your job. Yes. And I did not go on EI or anything, <laughs> though I should have. And we had we had met before at the Millwoods campus. That's right. Yeah. Good memory or you camp, have. They call it campus. The Millwoods library yeah. location. So what have you been up to since then as far as your writing goes? Well, let's see. I've uh, done, I, I just most recently finished, this is why it's on my mind, a poetry workshop online with Kim Adonizio. I don't expect that you know who that is, but she's an American poet and awesome. She's written sort of handbooks on poetry, which is how I first found her when I decided to get back into poetry. And uh, yeah, so I applied for her workshop and got it. And that was fantastic. Extremely intensive, <laughs> even though it was online. There's only seven poets and herself and just a, a ton of feedback and critique on specific works that you put forth each week. So that was great. It was, you know, very exhausting because I endeavor to do that in June and July, which aren't maybe the best months for mental acuity, but it, it was it was great. So I did that and I've just been, you know, submitting here and there. I may have told you this before, but I have two small children, which is the time suck of my life <laughs> as much as I love them, but that's where all my time goes. So everything that I attempt to write is always extraneous, extracurricular to my child rearing and paid jobs. Because as you know, no one's going to get rich writing poems. <laughs> yeah, they're few and they're few and far between. Yeah, and um, so this th- this online course, when you're talking about feedback, is the feedback all coming from the instructor? Do th- is no. everyone yeah. chiming in? Yeah, sorry to inter- Yeah, everyone is. She, I mean, the reason you, you sign up is so you can get the feedback from her, which is great and super constructive. But as it turned out, the the poem, the poets in the the session with me were all such high caliber there's I'm not being modest I was definitely the worst (laughs) which was great for me because it it gave me a experience you know to learn from some people that were really good a few of them were writers of esteem already you know professors at colleges in the universe or universities in the states so it was it was good 
Yeah, I did that. And I did a little, uh, during the Edmonton Poetry Festival, I read at a couple different things, the uh, Get and Gritty Inner City. I got an honorable right. mention for one of my poems there, so that was good. And then I read at one of um, Rayanne Doucette's, uh, the, the cafes that she does at the end. Yes. So that was great and met a few people there. But during the, the Poetry Fest, Sue Goyette, who is, you know, awesome Canadian poet, would, gave a, a day-long workshop and that was spectacular as well. So very much in workshop mode. I mean, I want to learn more mode <laughs> right now. And uh, so how do you like reading reading in public, reading aloud to, to people? How it's great. I, I do like it. Um, yeah, like, like I'm, it makes me a little bit nervous, but in a good way, that good kind of nervous that you feed off of. Yeah, I, I mean, ba- way back forever ago when I was young, I used to act in high school. And again, I wasn't great at it, but I liked it. And I, w- I was never as nervous at that because you're playing another person or part. But I find when I, you know, read poetry, it's, it's a little more nerve-wracking because not everything I write is autobiographical, of course, but a lot of it is. So there's that extra, like, opening yourself up to the crowd aspect over and above just the performance part of it. But people in Edmonton, to, in my opinion, are extremely wonderful, supportive, receptive audiences. So... First couple times I did it, I thought, this is great. And when I read it, that writer's take wing thing, it was funny for me because that was the first time that I had read any of my poetry publicly since I was 17, which was a couple decades ago. (laughs) So uh, having people respond right away, you know, if you read a line that impacts them and you can hear sort of a sigh or um, something like that, it, it, it was great. It sort of feeds, you feed off that energy. So I liked it. Yeah, I, do, I definitely like, that's the part I like about when you're re- uh, reading in front of people because you get the reaction right away. Mm-hmm. If there needs, if some, if there's a part where you want them to laugh and they laugh, you feel good. If there's a part where you want them to kind of like shift uncomfortably or something, you know, it's just <laughs> something or just even when you see the people up the first couple rows, they just kind of make a weird face. Yeah. I think I like that too. It kind of keeps me it keeps me going because you like to get those reactions for sure and so the the poetry workshop stuff um what kinds of things are you looking for when you go into these like is there a, mm-hmm. is there are you trying to challenge yourself or are you just trying to learn is there just because i'm thinking about poetry as compared to like other forms of writing is it is it a different way that you can learn or get better yeah i'm definitely challenged for sure i think the main thing with me and with with all kinds of writing is it's so solitary you know even if you've revised something five times you you think that you know what you mean and that you're communicating it the way you want to and especially with poetry I find that you need a a few sets of eyes to look at it and get their feedback are they getting it what you want them to get from it is it something completely different and not that I expect everyone to get the same thing and I don't want them to but you know there in this particular workshop there was um uh, I made reference, this is not super deep, but I made reference to a gas bar, which I'm assuming in Alberta, in Saskatchewan, where I'm from, we call them gas bars all the time. That means a gas station, it's the same thing, synonymous. Well, this just caused no end of confusion for people. They had no idea what I was talking about. What Did I mean a gas station slash bar? How was this relevant to the poem? And it just derailed into this place that was so hilarious to me because it was Incidental, like I, I'm like I can just take that out for clarification. It's not, it's not important to the poem, but things like that that just would never occur to you unless you have another set of eyes. And even myself, I mean, I'm sure with your writing as well, you put it away for a while, you bring it out six months later, and you think, what was I trying to say there? This isn't coming across the way I wanted it to. So having 
extra people help me with that is great. <laughs> yeah, when I put it away, it's going to stay away. <laughs> I don't want to look at it again. I'll just. But you're right. After a while, you you know, time goes by. You look at things differently, and sometimes you think you were a little too hard on yourself for in some parts, but others you think you maybe were a little. You get you let yourself off the hook for a couple things, and mm. it kind of goes both ways. But so the the poem you submitted for Forty Below, Volume Two, in stores now. Um, is this something that you wrote specifically for the anthology? Is this something you had written beforehand? I definitely did not have it written beforehand. <laughs> this is so bad that I. Can't. <laughs> can't remember. I think I did write it specifically for the anthology because how I first heard about your anthology, the first 40 Below, which was spectacular. Thank you. I was at a writing event in Strathcona County where I live and um, Danielle Metcalf Shanai was there and I was speaking with her after. I'd never met her before. And she found out that I wrote poetry and short fiction and she said, you should submit. Jason Lee Norman has another call out right now. And I had no idea what she was talking about. So I quickly went out and got the book read the first one, thought this is great. So I wrote a few things, and I think this was maybe one of the only poems that I thought worthy of submission <laughs> at the time. But it's uh, it's certainly not the only winter-inspired poem I've ever <laughs> written. I mean, this is Canada. We all write about the weather. So uh, you have to survive the winter somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll get you to read, uh, read your piece. Just You can go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay, great. Bright winter coat. When I see her, goosebumps. Not from the icy wind, but pleasure shivers born at the sight of a waist-length coat. Dash of spicy pink-red wool that transports me far from this gray sky and snow-covered path. She is a beach, an ember floating from a July campfire, a fuchsia martini in a sexy glass cradled by a lean, fingered hand, tan. I think of a painting, wish I could make one, trap her heat, a slow melt from inside until April chisels in. I watch until she's a magenta speck far ahead. What power, this color, that can set memory or wishes afire. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. And um, so this is maybe, yeah, this is, I think there's two pieces like this in 40 Below Volume 2 that kind of are talking about the attractiveness of women when they're wearing <laughs> winter clothing. Is that safe to say that this is kind of about that? Yes, yeah, partly for sure. It, uh, yes, attractiveness, appeal. Um, also that even in the garbed in winter clothing, it can remind you of, warmer, sexier, nicer places, you know, can, you got to have a dash of color and all this white and gray. So, yeah, but I, I mean, you're, you're asking the wrong person because I love to be clothed as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I love winter and fall. So bring on the sweaters, the boots, the long coats, and if they're fashionable, all the better. Yeah. (laughs) So where did, where did the inspiration for this, where, how did this uh, come about? I can't, I can't remember exactly, and I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I think I I may have just had a memory of seeing somebody walking ahead. And I think when I, when I read this now, I, whether or not this is true, because sometimes you reinvent things in your own mind, but I do believe that I was thinking of back uh, to, like, university days when I used to spend a lot of time outside in the winter, you know, walking to and from buses or my apartment or, or these kinds of things. I don't spend as much time outside <laughs> in the winter now walking, but... 
I you have to focus on one of those 40 below days on something to take your mind off how cold you are. So uh, now we have, you know, portable music that makes it so much easier. But I have a vivid imagination and probably it was inspired by that, looking at somebody ahead that was helping me stay focused on my self and on my freezing toes. And so you you grew up in Saskatchewan? Yeah, Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Mm -hmm. And then you, you... Before you came back to Alberta, you were where? I was all over the place. A lot of places. (laughs) Yeah. No, I lived out east for a lot of of years. So I grew up in Saskatoon, went to school there, went to university in Regina as well. And then I moved, um, I got married and I moved with my husband to Toronto and then Kingston and then Ottawa and then Fredericton, New Brunswick. And that's where we moved from from all the way from New Brunswick back to Alberta, uh, which was great. And so I'd never lived in Alberta, didn't even have family here really, just the kind of thing that you do when you're a prairie person, you go for vacations to the other big cities. So I'd certainly been to Edmonton before and Calgary, but um, I don't know if Saskatchewan and Alberta people will like me saying this, but as soon as we landed back on the prairies, it was just like being home. I mean, really, the prairie provinces are somewhat interchangeable in the feeling you get. The people have the same sorts of characters, and it was just a comfortable, easy place to be. So as far as... uh as far as winters go, <laughs> winters in Saskatoon, winters in New Brunswick, winters in uh, Sherwood Park, Alberta. I would say that winters in Saskatoon are just, they're the same as Sherwood Park, Edmonton, most parts of Alberta. Other parts of Canada, not so much. And I was spoiled in Fredericton because uh, our car that, that we own, we bought in, in New Brunswick and we drove it back here. It doesn't even have a block heater in it because they don't need them out there because it really doesn't get below minus 20. And throughout the winter, they'll have days where it warms up. Like you, they get big dumps of snow, just like we do, but they don't stay because it warms up to five degrees in the middle of December and then later on again in January. And I was spoiled. It it becomes winter later, it becomes spring sooner, (laughs) and it's not as cold while it's there. So I got, yeah, I I lost all my winter toughness. Been trying (laughs) to gain it back for the past two years. Do you have to, like, can cars, can you put a block eater in a car? I think like, so. I mean, now we have a, a garage that we, so we don't have to worry about it, but it's a good question. I don't know. It might be, our car's old and not, <laughs> it's not worth the investment. We'll just wait and buy a new one. But yeah, I have no idea. I still don't know if my, like, it has a plug, but I don't know if it does anything. <laughs> you don't know if it's going anywhere? A few winters ago, when we, my girlfriend and I, we both kind of bought cars in the similar time before winter. And then I remember getting an extension cord and we plugged the thing in in the winter in the in the garage. And um, I, I don't know if anything happened. I wasn't even actually mine. Maybe mine doesn't even have a plug. But anyway, it's just like just not sure what's going on <laughs> if something is plugged in or if there's anything hooked up. But uh, the garage definitely, uh, you know, keeps the car safe. We've mm-hmm. never had that problem. But. It is. Uh, I didn't know. I just assumed every car in Canada. So did probably we. Had one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really, we didn't even realize until I think my husband took it for a for a like checkup or something, and they mentioned I'm like, "What? This isn't going to bode well when we go back west." But so far, so good. It's been okay. And uh, so you said you're you're trying to get your toughness back up for <laughs> Alberta winters. Yeah. And your relationship with winters is. Uh, Maybe it's not bad, as you say, you like putting on layers of clothing. I do like putting on layers. It's somewhat, I'm a, 
It's a little acrimonious, though. I don't. I can't say that I love the winter. I'm. I don't embrace it. Think, yay, winter. When I lived in Ottawa, that's another city that is. They're nuts about winter. They celebrate it in this weird way that I didn't like, and everyone would laugh at me. They'd say, well, "You're a prairie girl." God, you, you should be used to the cold. I'm like, yeah, we're used to it, but we don't go outside and dance around and have <laughs> festivals in it. I mean, now we do. you got to do something. But it was a little foreign to me when I moved there, how much they love it. But, yeah, so I, I do and I don't like it. I think snow is beautiful. Visually, I think winter is gorgeous, especially, you know, frost and snow on the trees. It's phenomenal. But um, because I have small children, they love winter. They have a excitement about winter that I cannot muster and they want to go outside and spend as long as they can out there playing snow angels and so I have to try to be the good mom and do it but it's I'm happy when they say they've had enough let's go back inside I'll push the hot chocolate just to get them back inside yeah it is hard it's it's hard to find a kid under 12 that'll say oh no I don't like winter like, it's just it's a, it's automatic it's it's built in totally it doesn't affect them either they've red faces and <laughs> snot dripping from their nose and everything gross and they don't yeah. it's unfazed so. yeah I don't know what it is but it's definitely uh we tried to in the, when the first book came out we tried to push that memory a lot to people to like, <laughs> remember when you were a kid you used to love winter too yeah and there was a lot of that 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 sentiment came up a lot in the first book, people remembering mm-hmm. winters when they were kids and, and there was a nostalgia, which is interesting because I don't know if it's because people that submitted to the second book read the first book, but it didn't it didn't really come up in that same way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, those kinds of stories didn't come up as much. People had different things to say about maybe it was because it was, wasn't just Edmonton writers or, or something like that. But, yeah, definitely that nostalgia kind of, you have to play off of that to get people to remember that yeah. there was something that they liked before. But anyway, um, thanks so much for coming in to talk. Thank you for having and me. And read your piece. Super and, excited. Uh, yeah, it's 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 great. It fits right in. Thanks so much for coming in. Great. Thank you.